Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. It's so great to see you today. Great to be together, isn't it? And great to be able to share into our locations. We joining with us from around our region and those of you watching in online. I don't know if you've ever been locked out of your own home. I was once as a teenager, I'd come back from school and nobody was in. And apart from thinking that perhaps the rapture had happened, um, I realised I was locked out. But you see, we had a kitchen window in our house, one of the old metal framed kitchen windows. I'd figured that if I banged on that little light at the top, window at the top, if I banged hard enough, the metal bar would pop up and it did. And then I could climb up on my knees onto the window ledge and reach down. I was far more athletic in those days. And reach down and open up the window that I could get through. Now I think I'd need patio doors. But um, in those days I could get through that window. And as I'm banging on the window and it pops up, I get up and I'm all excited. As I reach forward, my knee catches the corner of the window and suddenly, shush, along the window it shattered. And um, I knew I was in trouble. But you see, on that moment, I was locked out. But maybe some of you, having searched for a way in, are also searching for a way out in life. I tried, was trying to get in and searching for how I could get into somewhere I was locked out of. But some of us feel locked in and we're searching so often for a way out. And when Jesus declares himself and reveals himself by saying, I am, he's identifying to you and to me that he is the ultimate answer for everything. And when he says, I am the gate, what Jesus is talking about is that he is that which we've always been looking for. He's the means by which we can find God in a way that we couldn't before. And the passage that reveals that I want us to look at is in John chapter 10. And you'll see it here now as we read verses seven to 10, where it says here that Jesus said again, Verily, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy Here's a good news message today. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, there are so many things in our world that divide people. Nationality, gender, economic circumstances, political persuasions or religious beliefs. And in so many occasions, those create hostility between people. And we find when the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament talk to us about what Jesus brings to people who've known nothing but bondage and hostility, that he is so significant. And you'll see it in this passage in Ephesians chapter two, because we believe that Jesus is unequaled because all barriers, borders, divisions and restrictions are removed in Jesus. And this is what the apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter two, verses 12 to 14. Remember that at that time, you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant's promise. 
without hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. When Paul writes this, he's writing particularly about the division that existed between Jews and Gentiles. For Jews, they only saw two types of people, themselves and everybody else who was a non-Jew was a Gentile. And what Paul is saying here is there's this significant wall between you, this barrier that keeps you apart. But in Jesus, those two groups of people become one whole new people, one nation, one people, the people of God. Because it's Jesus himself who breaks down, who makes a way through whatever borders and walls can find people. Because that's what happens so often in life. We have these borders and barriers and what walls do, if you think about it, is they restrict us. Walls confine us and hinder us. They limit, they incarcerate, they imprison people. They often mark territory. Have you ever had a neighbour who wants you to know that the fence needs to be kept right because this is my garden? It's my little world here. Make sure the fences aren't broken down. You stay on your side of the fence and I stay on my side of the fence and don't let your trees grow over my side of the fence because I'll cut them all back. This is my little kingdom and my little world because that's what borders do. They, They define people. They mark people in different ways that you're either acceptable or unacceptable. They restrict according to things that are different about you, whether that's a a national border that keeps people out, whether it's an American president who wants to build a wall to keep Mexicans and South Americans from coming into his country. They, They restrict and they bar people and they confine. But gates and doorways how you get through walls and borders. They're about entering and exiting. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage in John chapter 10. He's offering you and I a life that's free from the sinful and painful confines and restrictions of this earthbound existence. Let's go back to that early part of John chapter 10, verses nine to 10. And just look at it again when Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. That's good news, isn't it, today? They will come in and go out and find pasture. So Jesus becomes this entrance point into something that we can't find anywhere else. He's the opening between our freedom and the enemy that wants to steal it. And this pen, this picture of a shepherd and and Alison and Leon did that so well last week. And I'm afraid I don't have some nice videos of sheep nibbling at my buttocks like Leon did. But, But you can remember the pictures, I'm sure, from last week. And if you think about the sheep in the pen, many of you will know in ancient, near ancient times in the east of of years ago, there was no gate as such because the shepherd himself becomes the gate. He's the one that lies himself out down in the opening. But within the pen is these safe boundaries, this wholesome life that God offers to you and I. 
and yet it's spacious and expansive. I've walked with the Lord for so many years and talked to so many people over the years as a, as a church leader and people have this image of the Christian life as something that restricts and confines. I don't know, I found it a really spacious and expansive place. I found it a good place where the boundaries that are set around my life are for my good. They're wholesome, they're healthy, they provide safety and security for me, for the condition of my heart, for the condition of my mind, for how I live. And Jesus is saying within the pen, within the boundaries as it were, that God has set for the life that he's called us to live, what I believe is a very spacious place, is safety and security. See, I'd rather live within the boundaries of what God says is good for me than outside of it. I've seen what can happen when folks are excluded from the, those moments when people are outside of what God says is good for our hearts and our lives. You go way back into the Garden of Eden and God says to Adam and Eve, here's a garden, enjoy every plant and every tree, all the fruit, just go and have a great time. However, there's one little boundary, one little restriction. The tree of life, just stay away from that. You see what the enemy, the thief and the robber tries to do, he tries to exalt the exclusion over the permission. He tries to tell us that something that is bad for us spoils everything that is good for us. And God says there's this expansive life that you can live However, there are some things that I would say to you, beware of, be aware of the dangers. And this shepherd is the gate to the pen. It's through him that we enter and we exit knowing the safety that he brings. Because he tells us the dangers of what that thief does. When he tells again in John 10 verse 10 that the thief, of course he's talking about the enemy of the follower of Christ, the devil himself. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But this is what Jesus says to you today, folks. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. I wonder if you really think about the freedoms that some people want. Some people want to live their life how they want, when they want, with whom they want, in whatever way they choose. And yet it, they think that that's some great sense of freedom. Yet the reality is that often what we're doing is swapping freedom for a sense of confinement in another kind of way. Think about it with me. Does more money really bring deep inner satisfaction? Does more sex really bring deep inner satisfaction? Do drugs really bring deep inner satisfaction? Does a new career promotion really, really bring deeper inner satisfaction? Does fame or success in life, being known, really bring deep inner satisfaction? I don't think they do. Because I think this is what God would say to us today and remind us of what's really important. And that is that no experience or possession, success or relationship can truly satisfy the deepest longing for value, dignity, meaning or significance in the soul of every human because that value that you hold and that significance and that dignity is so precious to God. And Jesus is the gate 
But how is he the gate? Let me just explain three headlines for you, I think, that will help us see in what way Jesus is the gate for us to this kind of life. In the first instance, Jesus is the way out. He's the way out of a life that is confined by hopelessness and fear and anxiety and a range of human negative emotions. I don't know if you've ever felt trapped and just wanted to to get out of a situation, get out of a relationship, get out of a financial crisis, get out of a diagnosis of health over your life, just to be able to somehow be free from the confines of that situation in your heart and your life. In 1984, the band Queen, I'm sure we all know of the band Queen, one of the great British rock bands, released a song known as I Wanna Break Free. You're humming it now in your head, I can see. I can see the feet tapping. And the inimitable Freddie Mercury sang these words, but I have to be sure when I walk out that door, oh, I wanna be free. I want to say to you today, with every ounce of honesty and authenticity I can, you can be sure that if you walk through the door of Jesus today, you can be free. There are people's lives all across this building who could say more eloquently than me through their story. We're gonna hear next Sunday morning, 21 people across our locations who are gonna tell you that Jesus was the way out of hopelessness into a sense of hope and a future and a confidence in life because that's what he brings. And I, one of my favourite passages in the New Testament is, in, is found in 1 Peter 2 where, where Peter describes what has actually truly happened to those of us who found a way out. And this is what Peter says in 1 Peter 2. But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We've all, if we're followers of Jesus today, and most of us probably are, we were called out of a life that confined us, but into this wonderful life of hope and celebration, the songs we've sung this morning, the meaning that they bring to our heart and lives. Of course, I can't promise you, if you're not a follower of Jesus today and you take that step to step out of the life that you currently live, that you won't find challenges and, and difficulties. We all do. There's folks in this room today and watching online and in our locations who are living with real challenges and real problems. But what I found, and I've had a few myself, is that I never face them alone. I would rather my worst day with Jesus than my best day without Him. I'd rather face whatever I'm gonna face, knowing I could lift my head off the pillow that morning, turn my attention to him and say, Father, I don't know what this day is gonna bring, but I know you're here with me in it. Because for those who follow Jesus for many years, he's our way out of all kinds of negative situations that life brings, emotions and experiences. He's the way out of negative patterns of life that destroy hope. But you see, a gate is not just a way out. You're ahead of me because you're bright here. A gate is a way in. Because he's the way into a life that is secure and satisfies the deepest longings we have. 
God isn't just asking us to come out of a life as if, well, what's going to be next? He says, come into something that I offer you. Come out of those situations that have confined you and come into a spacious place. Have you ever been upset when you weren't invited to that party or the wedding? You think, how on earth would they not invite me? It's happened a few times. I thought, well, you know, I didn't really want, if I'm honest, the ceremony. I wanted the bun fight afterwards, you know, to be quite frank. But, you know, have you ever felt that you were excluded or isolated or shut out from something you really wanted to be in? That's a little bit, I think, how the psalmist felt. When you see those psalms in the Old Testament, when he talks about longing to be in the presence of God, I think so often he felt shut out because of all things that were going on in his life. Do you know the most significant thing that Jesus is the gate into is free, constant access to the presence of God in our day, daily lives. And when there's this letter written to Jewish believers in the New Testament who were tempted to stray away from the faith that they'd known. These were, some, some writers believe these were Jew, young Jewish priests who'd come to faith and somehow they were feeling tempted to step back. We write, find the book of Hebrews written to address some of those concerns that they had. And when we get to Hebrews chapter 10, we read such wonderful words. When the writer says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences, those things that have held us away from God, our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. You know, Jesus is the way in to a deep connection with God himself. What an offer. He's the gateway, he's the doorway. He becomes the way in which we access God for ourselves. And that's the wonderful truth today of what he offers to you and me, coming out of a life that's distant from God and into a connection that brings us closer to him. It's so good to come to church and I'm sure like me, every time we come together and we engage in worship together, I feel myself drawn closer to the presence of God. But you know, the life that we live tells us that every second of every day, I can access God's presence through Jesus himself. But you know, a gate isn't just a way out of something or into something, it's a way through. It's the way in which uh, uh, one, we pass from one location to another. Like a doorway is the way we leave one room and we enter another room. Because Jesus is the way through. He's the way we experience transformation. Ultimately, we find that Jesus is the way through any obstacle that we face. He's the way through the walls and obstacles that have held us in unhealthy, unsafe and unwanted places in our lives. 
When the Apostle Paul writes what becomes two-thirds of the New Testament, it comes in the form of letters to churches just like us. Wonder what he would write to, to Life Central Church in Hales Owen and, and instruct that it be read here and it be read in our locations. What would be the things he says? When he writes in the New Testament, one of his most favourite themes is to use this phrase, through Christ. To show you and I that everything that God has made available to us comes through Christ. In other words, as a result of what Christ has done. We're just two weeks away from that exciting weekend when we remember what Christ did. That he gave his life on that Good Friday. He sacrificed his life so I don't have to be sacrificed my life for the forgiveness of my sin. And he rose from the dead so that he conquered the greatest enemy we face, death itself. But as a result of what Christ has done, there is so much that we access through Christ. So I've got seven points. So tell me about an hour to get through them if you're patient enough. No, they're just headlines. But honestly, they're a message in and of themselves. But let these impact you today. Listen to this, that through Jesus, we have peace with God. What about this one? Through Jesus, we are made right with God. It's a great theological word. We are justified. It's just as if I'd never sinned. That's all through Jesus. Also through Jesus, we are forgiven all our failures and sins. Through Jesus, we are accepted into God's family. Through Jesus, we are set free from bondage to sin and to self. Through Jesus, we have immediate access to God in prayer. And through Jesus, we are declared heirs of God. And remarkably, even more remarkably, joint heirs with Christ. That's you today. Now, you know, if you've had a bad week, if stuff has been really playing on your mind, I want you to know today, all of that is yours today through Christ. It isn't because you've had a good week. It isn't because you've read through a whole book in the Bible, even if it was Jude and it's only one chapter. Never mind. It's a book, isn't it? It really feels good. It isn't because somehow you feel like you've not fallen in the kind of ways you have. No, no, no. It's nothing to do with that because it's nothing to do with me. It's all to do with him. He is the way. He's the gate. He's the way we access these incredible things that bring us peace with God, a sense of hope and confidence that we're accepted before God. And when Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, we see it in that letter of Ephesians. He says this in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. He's your way through today, folks. It doesn't, I don't need a word of knowledge, if I'm honest, to know that, that some of you here today have come and it's been a real challenge to get up and come. There's stuff going on. The words of hope I want to speak into your heart and soul today is that he is the way through. He's the way through everything that you have found challenging. Because the life that Jesus offers is so expansive. It stretches beyond this life into eternity. And it promises limitless hope and joy and peace and satisfaction. 
Because the life outside of Jesus is what confines. It's not what's inside of Jesus that confines us. It's life outside that confines us and it imprisons humanity to an eternity that's spent separated from God. I wonder today if you've never ever surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You need to know He's the way out of a life that you realise is not really heading anywhere. There's no sense of purpose. There's no sense of future. No sense of hope. Jesus offers you the way of stepping out of that life and stepping into a living and loving relationship with God through Jesus, constantly aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. Every day, every moment. This isn't something for weekends. It's not just for Sundays. This is for every moment of our lives. And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I'm going to pray in a moment and give you the opportunity to ask God to forgive you today for all those things that you have done that have separated you from Him, that you couldn't put right. You can't put them right on your own. You need someone else. And that someone is Jesus. That's why we call Him Saviour. He saves us from our best efforts which always fall short. Maybe today you, you are a follower of Jesus, but you felt so confined in a situation, something that's challenging you. I wanna bring you hope today as well and say to you that He's your way out of whatever it might be. You know, the circumstances that you're facing may not change, but your heart and your attitude and your mind and your sense of hope and peace can be empowered in the middle of whatever you're facing. So it feels like you've stepped out of the despair, even though the situation is not any different. You're different because of the hope that Jesus brings to you. Do you need to know all that God has made available to you through Christ? Are you a follower of Jesus and you kind of think, Stuart, I, I'm living shortchanged. Those seven things, and there could have been 14, there could have been so many more I would have, could have thought of that are all available to you for this life, this life that's full. The thief wants to steal everything you've got. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your worship today. He wants to steal your song. He wants to steal that sense of confidence before God and your devotion to Him. But Jesus says, I've come that you can have life and have it to the full. So you can lift your song even though the situation hasn't changed. Is that you today? Well, we want to pray for you. As I said in a moment, I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer of commitment to Jesus. And maybe if, as a follower of Jesus, you might want some prayer today and want to encourage you after the service to, to go and see the prayer team just there on the left in the, in the atrium as you go through. And someone will sit with you and pray with you and encourage you as you seek God today. I'm going to ask you to stand so that we can pray together. I'm just going to pause for a moment. And we're going to ask God to step into this moment by the Holy Spirit. You know, right across this room, there could be people. And inside you're just feeling that pulling emotion. I'm going to ask if you know and love Jesus, you'd be praying today. Maybe you'd kind of close your eyes, not because it makes our prayer more holy, but it gives people just a, a bit of space to respond today. And I'm going to ask you if you know and love Jesus, you'd be praying that God would just stir someone's heart this morning in our locations too. We want to see people give their lives to Jesus, don't we? 
I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask you, everybody, to pray it with me. Say, well, I've given my life to Jesus, but I think that this prayer will remind you and I. For me, going back, gosh, over 40 years, nearly 50 years since I gave my life to Jesus as a young boy, age nine. But I want to ask you today, would you all pray this prayer with me so that those who are saying, I want to follow Jesus, can can respond in the safety of our prayers too. Would you pray out loud? We, Father God, I come to you. I ask you to forgive me and to come and live in my life by the Holy Spirit. I want to follow after you, Jesus, and know the full life that you offer. I give myself to you today. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Did anybody pray that prayer? Our hosting team would love to come and give you something. Is anybody just, if you did, would you lift your hand so I can see it across this room? We're not going to labour it. We're not forcing you. I can see your hand. Just keep it lifted there, my love. One of our hosting team will come to you. So anybody else who'd lift your hand to say today, you know, I want to follow Jesus. I don't get it all, Stuart. I don't understand it all but I want to follow Jesus. Church, just look at me for a moment. Do you know when one person comes to faith in Jesus, God throws a party? If you don't believe it, go and read Luke chapter 15. When one person comes to Jesus, I want you to don't know the person's name. Someone will talk to them after. I want you to pray for them this week that the enemy won't snatch away. But why don't we join with Heaven's Party? You're up for that today, church. Why don't we declare what God has done? We're gonna sing this amazing song which says what He's done. You know, we're entering that season towards Easter. Let's not take it for granted. We've lived through decades of Easter's, but Easter needs to be alive in our hearts every day. Jesus died and He's risen and He's coming again. And He's alive and He's risen in our hearts today. So let's declare together what He's done what He's done, He did for me and He did for you.